This is Lori Moore Moore with the Texas Brave and Strong podcast. Today's topic, bowls of red. What five-letter word represents Texas, just like an oil man in a Stetson hat or a rodeo cowgirl? C-H-I-L-I, chili. Yep, when you find a steaming bowl of authentic spicy chili on the kitchen table or on a cafe menu, the chances are pretty good that you're in Texas. Chili is a passion in Texas. Some would even say a bowl of the thick, meaty stuff can be a religious experience. But what's the history of Texas chili? Most people are in agreement that chili started in Texas. But as to the definitive beginnings of chili, well, folks argue about that just like they debate the best chili recipe. We do know that in the latter half of the 1800s, chili queens were dishing up bowls of red or chili con carne, that's chili and beef, from booths on the military plaza in San Antonio. At the same time, wild longhorn cattle were being brought up from Mexico by cow chasers to stock newly formed Texas ranches. With beef and wild chilies readily available, the combination of the two ingredients made its way into many a Texan's bowl. When the Chicago Exposition of 1893 rolled around, some Texans from San Antonio set up their booths offering Texas chili. It didn't take long for the word about this tasty new concoction to spread, and chili parlors began to pop up across the country, some cooks making traditional chili, others expanding on the recipe. Did you notice I haven't said anything about beans? When it comes to chili, don't add beans. Or don't even whisper the word beans over your chili bowl. Or some native Texan will say, Huh, might be goulash, but that sure as heck ain't chili. However, beans on the side are traditional. During cattle roundups or cattle drives to market, Chuckwagon cooks would often have a pot of beans on the cook fire for some extra protein for hungry cow chasers. By the way, the term cow chaser or cow catcher was an early term for cowboy and generally denotes those who collected wild Mexican cattle and then drove them to the early startup Texas ranches. Mexican cowboys were skillful cow handlers and made up about a third of the first Texas cow chasers. In Spanish, they are vaqueros, which translates to cowboys. The word buckaroo evolved from vaquero. Anyway, back to Chile. According to the Chile Appreciation Society International, in the 1800s, Texas prisons served their residents Chile on a regular basis, and prisoners even rated the quality of their jails based on the quality of the chili served. Some prisoners even asked for the recipe when they were released. By this time, households had begun preparing their own chili with the advent of commercially available spices. By 1895, Lyman T. Davis and a ranch cook developed their chili recipe and took it by wagon 
to the oil boom town of Corsicana, Texas, where they sold it for five cents a bowl next to the Blue Front Saloon. Accompanying crackers were free. Subsequently, Davis opened a meat market and sold the chili in brick form. By 1921, he was canning his chili under the name Wolf Brand Chili, named after his pet wolf, Kaiser Bill. Two Corsicana businessmen bought Davis's chili business in 1924. The two were savvy marketeers. They customized Model T Ford trucks with cabs shaped like cans of chili. These cans on wheels were painted with the Wolf brand label. As if this weren't enough to draw attention, a live wolf was caged in the back of each truck. They built a brand and sold a lot of chili because the Wolf brand chili can still be found on grocery store shelves. Chili was a staple in many households during the Great Depression. It was cheap and high on protein. Paired with crackers, it made a meal. Jump ahead several decades for the start of the chili cook-offs, a civilized way to settle the best chili recipe debate. The State Fair of Texas launched the first recorded chili cook-off in 1952. Naturally, the rules included no beans. If you've ever heard of Terlingua, Texas, you know the chili cook-off lives on with Texas beer, a cure ingredient replacing water, in many winning recipes. Talk to a Texan today about chili, and you'll often find yourself in an enthusiastic discussion about their chili memories. Here's one of my chili memories. I grew up in a small Texas town. When I was in the 7th and 8th grade, I looked forward to the one day a week I could take 30 cents, that was the cost of a school lunch, and spend it across the street at a local root beer stand. For 15 cents, a small bag of Fritos would be split down the side, a big spoonful of chili would be ladled in, and the crunchy, spicy mess sprinkled with grated cheese and a bit of chopped onion. Sheer heaven! Along with this Frito pie came a frosty mug of root beer containing a scoop of vanilla ice cream. For a middle schooler, life didn't get much better. As you can imagine, I cheered in 1977 when the Texas State Legislature voted to make chili the official state dish of Texas, in recognition that the only real bowl of red is that prepared by Texans. Just remember, as the chili song sung by William Clark Green says, Don't you put no beans in my chili. If you put beans in my chili, you don't know beans about making Texas chili. This has been Laurie Moore Moore saying, Enjoy your bowl of Texas red. This has been the Texas Brave and Strong podcast. Tidbits of Texas you never learned in school. Tune back in, broadcasting now every other week.